us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, and save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those most in need of thy mercy. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry for our banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious advocate, thy eyes of mercy towards us. And after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, O Holy Mother of God that we may be worthy of the promises of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been praying the rosary with His Excellency Bishop Paul J. Swain. Join us Monday through Friday at this time for the praying of the rosary here on the Lamb Catholic Radio Network. This Hour of Mercy has been brought to you by In-Depth Tours, offering a pilgrimage to Fatima and Rome in September. Uh, Father Haggerty, what are you doing? I'm perfecting my casting skills. Your casting skills? Is this for a new type of ministry I don't know about? No, I'm practicing for the Bishop's Charity Fishing Tournament to support seminary and education. A fishing tournament? Yeah, the Bishop's Fishing Tournament, June 5th at Big Stone Lake and June 12th at West Whitlock State Park near Gettysburg. There's even mass and an outdoor prime rib dinner. That sounds fun. Where do I register? Just go to ccfesd.org, click on events, and register your team today. This 48-hour weather forecast is brought to you by Orthopedic Physical Therapy Center, family-owned at 6 North Roosevelt Street in Aberdeen, providing outpatient physical therapy services, back and neck care, post-surgical rehab, sports rehab, and therapeutic exercise in a warm water pool. Today, mostly sunny skies with a slight chance for some afternoon showers. Our high today will reach around 66 in the low tonight, around 37. Tomorrow, sunny clear skies with a high near 68. This 48-hour weather forecast has been brought to you by Orthopedic Physical Therapy Center. If you have a muscle or joint, ache or pain, think physical therapy first. 605. You're listening to KSJP 88.9 FM, The Lamb, Ipswich, Aberdeen, Catholic Radio for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, bringing people to Christ and Christ to His people. Welcome to today's edition of the Rutten Brothers with Father John Rutten of St. Lambert's Parish in Sioux Falls, Father Paul Rutten of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, and Joe Rutten, Director of Faith Formation at St. Joseph's Cathedral in Sioux Falls on the Lamb Catholic Radio Network 104.3, 91.3, and 88.9 FM, and online at lambradio.com. The Rutten Brothers show is being brought to you in part by Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. If you have questions for the Rettens, call 605-275-4659 or email info at lamradio.com. 
Now here's your host, Joe Rutten. Good morning, Diocese of Sioux Falls and beyond. And everybody else. And everybody else. Coast to coast. Because we have discovered that more than just our relatives listen. Yeah, there are a couple of people yep. out there. So coast to coast, we give you a toast. Brothers, here's to the here's a here's a little coffee toast to uh, our listeners out there. We appreciate everybody checking in with us. We never uh, start the day without coffee. Amen, brother. Amen. Uh, you're coming. You're listening here to Rutten Radio, a show devoted to bringing you conversations of faith, family, and the festivities of the Rutten Brothers. As I say, as I like to say, uh, whatever is in the mind of the three-headed monster. So <laughs> that's what you get today. All right. So uh, it's been a morning. <laughs> it has been a morning, and we'll get to that. So I'm your host, Joe Rutten, director of Faith Formation. At the Cathedral of St. Joseph here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <laughs> Joining me as always is my older brother, Father Paul, pastor of Immaculate Conception Parish in Watertown, South Dakota. And my twin brother, Father John, pastor of St. Lambert here in Sioux Falls. Thanks for joining me, fellas. How are we doing? Doing good. It's been a great day. Doing wonderful. <laughs> did you guys see the sunrise I, no. coming in? I did no. see the sunrise coming in. It made me think whoever's building that <clears throat> building across the street has got a magnificent view every morning. Uh, anyway, long the one down here where you're coming in yeah, you're on the coming corner, in? yeah, and the sun comes right yeah, on it. Boy, yeah, that's gonna be yeah. nice. The one that they tilted or curved, yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah. Anyway, that's architecture. We'll get to architecture sometime. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so, <laughs> no, so no, long story short, Paul, I, how did you sleep well, last night? I, I do need to just say, uh, God bless parents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I so Father remember, Paul no, stayed no, at I, my I house last night. What was that? Gosh, it was a lot of Christmases ago. One of our nephews was having a meltdown, and Father John said, I don't pray for you guys enough. (laughs) (laughs) Last night I stayed with uh, my brother Joe and his family. We had a great time. We wrestled, and we watched TV. We went for ice cream. You wrestled with with Joe? (laughs) Let's qualify that. (laughs) All right, so my five-year-old, Leo. uh, Uh, And all night long, Vince uh, made loud noises. And I thought, oh, <laughs> all night. So yeah, it was, we uh, yeah. So, Sorry, so, so of God course, Father parents. Paul's staying over, you know, to get ready for the show in the morning, and this is great. So Le- he gets to play with Leo and see Vince before, and and awesome. This is and, but then it's my turn, right? The kids go to bed, and I get to hang out with Father Paul and chat and catch up and watch old episodes of uh, Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that was totally yeah, awesome. Yeah, we watch the first and the second pilot. episode, yeah, baby. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so you stay up later than, you know, maybe normal. You know, I don't know if it was midnight, Father, but uh, we kind of crawl into bed and you're laying there. Separate and- bed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. What a morning. Here we go. <laughs> uh, clarifications. All right. Uh, distinctions matter, yes. Uh, so, well, Vince wasn't doing well. Uh, long story short, he's sick. Uh, all night he's throwing up he's doing this he's doing that my wife and i are just you know doing what parents do and anybody any parents out there uh you guys understand it's that's that's where we find our vocation Mm. um you know is in the middle of the night with (laughs) kids throwing up all over the place and crying babies and uh so anyway that's just the life that's just yeah it's that's standard right well and sometimes you have kids that are sick you know this is it makes me really be grateful that I got a sick kid, but he's at home. You know, there are parents that have their babies and they're in the NICU for months, days, you know, weeks, months. 
and uh, you know so there's always somebody that has it a little bit harder than we do and that can kind of give us perspective but yeah I, I was thinking last night as I'm sitting there at four in the morning or whatever it is with Vince uh, number one I'm pretty certain F Father Paul has heard all of this number two um, you know this is where I found my vocation I find my vocation rocking my sick kid in the four in the hmm. morning overcoming my own self I'd rather be sleeping right you know and I'd so those types of things are good spiritual reflection, <laughs> if you can get to that point yeah, yeah. Uh, in the middle of the night. So anyway, that was my night last night. Father John, how was your night? <laughs> it was great. Slept like a baby. <laughs> not Speaking of babies, yeah. Not Joe's baby. <laughs> not Joe's baby. I slept like a little baby, a uh, quiet baby. No, and uh, woke up. And um, it, is, it is good for us to recognize the different joys of different vocations. And oftentimes, you know, the, I think the research just came out again every year, or so it comes out that priests are like the happiest people mm. by vocation. Yeah, ministers, yeah. Uh, yep. And um, I think in many ways, it's because the expectations are really low. But the <laughs> <laughs> boy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell that go, to my priest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the expectations of what it will be. You know, yeah. I mean, it's you, we live in the 21st century. Yep. You know, to be a priest, somebody doesn't. Somebody usually ends up a priest because they really believe God called them to. Right. Yeah. A lot of people end up married because they fell in love. Right. And yeah. so when the trouble comes, they don't have that foundation of saying, "God, you put me here. Yep. What are you asking of me here?" Mm -hmm. Uh, or, or like a real certainty, like, and, and you don't become a priest unless something's happened in your life in this way in which you say, I'm here because God wants me here. Yeah, and so, sure. you know, yeah, yeah, the expectations are low, but it's like the, the reality is so great, um, that, uh, yeah. So anyway, so it's good that that'd we each a, account a, for what yeah. blessings our vocations that'd have. That'd be an interesting topic for another time on marriage where you just stop and say, it is true. I never really thought about it, but priests really, truly discern. Yeah, what they're doing. Marriage is almost a guarantee. It's almost like you just say, oh, this is what we do, and then yeah. you just end up in it because you fell in love with somebody that you thought was yeah. cute and yeah, connected. And uh, but do do we discern marriage yeah. as a culture? Mm -hmm. um, right. And, and when we come to marriage to the church, are we asking the church what they think? Mm. You know, to uh, be that to be that. Yeah. And I don't think you know, and it's understandable. But when by the time they've come to the church. <laughs> They've made their decision. Yeah. And so when we begin to say, you know, and I always say to couples, you know, uh, I'm, I'm here to tell you whether or not I really think this can work. Mm. Now, again, maybe I have a low bar too, because I think if two healthy adults will work at it, they can yeah. do it. But if there's a major like red flag, mm -hmm. I, I can't sit back and say, oh, this is going to be great because yeah. I have to stand up there <laughs> and witness this thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's when you go into the seminary. Right. You've got all kinds of people who are there and you know they're there to help you discern this whole idea. Um, but it is nice when, because sometimes couples will really enter into that and they'll see the marriage preparation as an opportunity to see their marriage coming up in a different light. And, you know, what's the strengths and weaknesses and, you know, what more can we learn yeah. from the church? So yeah. even in, in that the, sense, yeah, you so, know, you can discern, a priest can discern a, a, a couple's uh, compatibility, spirituality, to, and maybe maybe discern or not discern, but advise or be incorrect in their assumptions. But the fact that they're able to there to help discern helps the couple reflect upon right. what are my our strengths and yeah. weaknesses. Where yeah. ought we to have a red flag? Because in six years, 
we're not in love in the same way that brought us together to get yeah. married. It's deeper. <laughs> <laughs> we pray. All right, hey, hey, All brothers, right, we got. Okay. Let's move on. We got <laughs> lots more. We, those yeah, are we for got another Star time. Wars. Star. Hey, wait, wait. Shh. Come on, it's not time. Yet. All right, it's okay. <laughs> Listen, let, 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 leave it could, to a rut. If you aren't watching on the cube, if you could have only seen the immediacy <laughs> with which these two just about took my head off. Somebody right, so. didn't look at the outline. All right, I did all right. the first one, <laughs> I think. So let's first stop. Let's take a step back. If you're out there listening, watching, um, we we have first access to it's a live stream. If, uh, fathers, let's say hello to everybody okay. out there watching hello. on the live stream. You can catch all our facial reactions, our interactions, <laughs> all that fun stuff. Us giving coffee cheers in the morning. Um, and then we have Facebook. You can catch us on Facebook, uh, either the brothers individually or Lamb Catholic Radio themselves. The website, there's a phone number you can track down. Twitter, all of those things are ways to interact with us. We encourage you to do that. This is an interactive show. We love having questions and, and being able to give shout-outs and that. So please uh, jump on the new media and let us know that you're out there. Uh, if you're listening on the app, there's two uh, stations on the app. <laughs> well, technically. Well, Go ahead. Yeah, but the, the 88.9, the first one's the one that you dial into. Yeah. Uh, to get live on that, to get catch us on your app, the other one and I guess work. if you're not listening, oh, so then it, yeah, so you wouldn't know. Yeah, right? you wouldn't know because yeah, the other so one's not the other working. The other one's not working. You know, nearly, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, 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 well. <laughs> All right. We're off to Sorry. a rocky start. <laughs> well, speaking of rocky start, my whole night, and then I lost my keys this morning to my car. <laughs> I barely got here. I and I and I left early. Calm, left, just made sure. I was in between the two of you guys. I was at SDSU last night and got home this morning and well, was leaving and I needed to eat before I came, so I needed my wallet. I get drive. I'm like down the road. Where's my wallet? Where's my wallet? Where's my wallet? Go back to the rectory, looking around. What did I do? What did I do? And then I was thinking. Somebody at the Newman Center stole it. <laughs> I'm like, was those there any <laughs> no. And and then of Spoken course it like was found coyote. in the bag. And it, yeah, you know, you got to be cautious of those. Uh-huh. Well, we don't want to get. In. We're 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 loving uh, of all. We embrace. Hey, <laughs> hey I embrace. can't tell you how the joy that it brings me to hear you do say that because it makes me realize that I'm not losing my mind. No, no, no. I almost told you downstairs when you were telling me about your keys and I thought, no, if you don't have to give that up, don't. <laughs> Keep a little Keep reputation. That, uh, oh, God Especially when it's your twin. Yeah, yeah. Last thing we want to do there is give the upper hand to the yeah, other guy. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, uh, before we jump into... All the other fun topics, uh, First Communion and all that that uh, type of jazz and what's going on in the parishes. Is there anything else uh, that you guys got going in your personal or parish life uh, that's kind of been interesting? We're wrapping up programs. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, we're wrapping them all up tonight. It's the end of religious ed, uh, so that's that'll be done. Uh, it was a big day. I got to go out the front door of my house last week. Oh, oh so oh, that was exciting. You, you built a new rectory. Yep, we, we just finished up the new rectory, and they finished the steps. Uh, so I could go out the front door. Great. Wow. So it's exciting. <laughs> Are you a, a, a front porch person or a back deck person? Well, the, the front porch isn't big enough. Um, I'll be a back back deck. Mm. I'm pretty sure of that. I could sit outside my garage. Hey, that, hey that, oh. if you sit out front, 
then people don't have to act like they're trying to figure out what Father's doing. He'll oh, just be yeah. out front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah, be like, just look, there's everybody can see what Father's doing. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm really hoping we can kind of get a little garden like we saw in California. When oh, we, yeah. yeah at, right, like, uh, little Greg and sanctuary. Yeah. Shout like out to Greg and Bridget. Like a personal garden or a community well, no, garden? No, not garden, like vegetables. It's no. like a sunken <laughs> living room like, kind of, outdoor living room kind of thing. Yeah, just kind of a nice place, quiet, but... We'll gotcha. have to get some gardeners in my parish because I ain't got a green thumb, that's for sure. Yeah. Anyways, so that's that was my big news. Did you know that uh, Dad had a green thumb and his fam, the Rutten, Ruttons have a green thumb? I was really surprised by that. Maybe he was busy taking care of nine, nine kids, kids, puking, you know, and yeah. all of that. And, uh, but as he got older and I wasn't yeah. around much, I realized like every year the flowers came out. Yeah. And that wasn't Mom doing that. No. no. And Mom he did loved the, the flowers. He did the little uh, pond in the back, the... With the waterfall, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, he did all kinds of those things. He loved that. Yeah, did and you the ever bird go to bath and uh, Rut- Uncle Matt's Ruttons out there? Do you ever go to Uncle Matt's house? Uncle Matt had like here in uh, Sioux Falls. Yeah, yeah, he had like I can never remember where they lived. Kinds of uh, flowers and vegetable or flowers and in, in, in natural grasses. Really? Oh yeah, it was like a labyrinth that you walked around in the backyard and there's huh. just the Ruttons are so interesting <laughs> oh, the yeah. Ruttons are like if for all of you that don't know my family is like polar opposites <laughs> the, the only thing that I'm... connects them is they're both deeply faithfully Catholic <laughs> but but one is like extroverted to the max and one is like introverted to the max and I think like we ended up with bowls. <laughs> like yeah. I always thought our characteristics came from mom's side. You know, most of them are dad's side, but we got mom's extroverted. Right. Yeah. So if you want to know my dad, think of us, but never talking about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I know you can't think about that. They but. can't imagine. They cannot oh, imagine. Oh man, it oh. is true. There is a opposites oh. attract in, in in reality because mom and dad were yeah. definitely that. Yeah. It's and it's and genetics. You know, oh, yeah. you just think about genetics and different things showing up and different things, you know, going re- recessed. And it's just... <clears throat> Speaking of genetics, I believe Gregor Mendel is yep. Mendel, the founder of genetics. He's, yeah, Catholic. he's he the, a Catholic yep. monk. He's yeah. considered the father of modern genetics. Uh, we'll have to yep. do faith and science sometime. Oh, that'd be awesome. Unbelievable. Oh, I love... Yeah, oh, man. God, we got more man, we, got <laughs> we better talk faith. about our own... All we right, all right. Joe's just on. getting a list. I think we're going to have to keep doing this show. At least two more times. <laughs> At least two more times, yeah. So, in my world, I... Oh, yeah, we forgot to ask John. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I haven't forgot. <laughs> uh, we also, again... Dad's gifts. This is this is sort of the interesting thing about Christianity is you don't eliminate yourself, right? This is the difference between Buddhism and Christianity. Buddhism, you sort of el- eliminate everything to come to nirvana. Uh, Christianity, everything becomes like imbued with God's presence. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think about Dad and his construction, and here you are sitting, having just built the rectory. <laughs> And yeah. what am I going to talk about? Well, the last month, right before Palm Sunday, we opened up our oh, new yeah. church at oh, St. Yeah. Lambert. And it is amazing. It is. And there were numerous times where I thought, I, I mean, I remember being on the on the job site and dad would always give us, me at least, the job of picking up nails. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was like the only thing I'd do and be happy. You know? I'm like, get me out of here. Yeah. I am so tired of roofing. Oh. Uh, but I kept thinking of dad, like, He's present in all of this. Oh and gosh, yeah. I mean, imagine how much, how excited he would have been to know oh. you built a rectory mm-hmm. and I did this construction on the cathedral or on the, the church. St. Lambert's. But so many people helped. 
it was just totally God's work. It was evident. And I just would show up and say, yeah, it looks good or, you know, facilitate things or whatever. Yep. So we opened right before Palm Sunday and we did a real procession. Oh, you know, you're supposed oh, to start yeah. outside the church and process into the church on Palm Sunday, you know, waving your things. And uh, <laughs> and usually people just do a representation of it. But we really did it. And it was the first time most people had seen the church. And it was awesome. I got to sit up in the front and then watch people's faces oh, as they yeah. came around. Should have and, videotaped that. that would be cool. Well, we do have a video uh, on my Facebook page. Of gotcha. the, okay. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. So that's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I had one of my parishioners come down uh, and she grew up in your parish. Uh, and so yeah. she's like, oh. uh, are you guys brothers? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she said it was magnificent as well. She said, you can't even imagine. So, congratulations. Thanks. Congratulations to you. Yeah. Well, I haven't oh. built anything. <laughs> Man. You're building right. a family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that all right. One diaper all right. Actually, my, if my wife is listening, she's, she's probably like, a family. Uh, <laughs> we got a few things in this house that need to be taken care of there, sweetheart. <laughs> so, yeah. God love you. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on. All right. Uh, first communion. You guys got, uh, have you guys done first communion yet? Just did it. Just yes, we did too last weekend. Yep. And we oh, got amazing. Coming up oh, this weekend. I love, I love First Communion. Yeah. It's yeah. so great. Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah. It's yeah. the innocence, the purity, the Well, faith, and, and, the... and then, you know, we practice. Yeah. You got to practice. And uh, you're like, have you kids never been to church before? Because they, <laughs> so like, you, you they look at you like, uh, uh, <laughs> or it's not just us. Right. And I'm like, now you put your hands like that, you know, and you're like, come on, we've been to, <laughs> and, and you know they've all been to church before because you've seen them, but you're like, oh my gosh. I'm like, and then they were perfect. Like every one of them walked up, every one of them, did, and I'm like, okay, all right, God, <laughs> you're in charge, I know, uh, but I'm still glad we practiced. Yeah, yep. we have uh, we have ours coming up, <laughs> coming up, and kind of like Father John, there's a few other parishes like ours, but we have a of the Bakita community, so we have a large immigrant refugee community mm-hmm. within our community. We actually have a parish within a parish to some degree, although oh, yeah. that's kind of dissolving and integrating. And so we have a whole group. Anybody that's done immigrant or refugee sacrament or uh, integration of faith knows that basically what you have is you have people coming out of very, very humanly challenging situations, refugee camps, dictatorships, these types of things, war. And then they come to you, they get stability, but faith is like extremely important to them. I mean, they come out of life and death situations, right? So this is a... And so they want sacraments, but you have like, they have years of instability. And so you get these large classes of formation at the beginning. So we have 18 Hmm. of our Kunama immigrant (laughs) kids, all the way up to parents receiving Hmm. first communion uh, this Sunday. So we got two groups. We got our, our, our second grade class at 915. And then this huge group of Kunama at 11, um, but what it just, it, in the middle of it all, you just realize, like, this is what the faith is about. It gives you a taste of the evangelization of the Native American peoples mm-hmm. 100 oh, years ago. Sure. Or what it was like to preach and spread the gospel and give the sacraments in the early church. Right? Yeah. And so that is invigorating, you know. It kind of connects you back and it reminds you of what you're doing with the other standard catechetics in your parish. Yeah. Like, if all I'm doing is just a step program with my kids where I'm just putting them in classes and then they graduate and they get to take first communion and then what's next? Oh, they get to serve and then you're missing. We're missing something, right? Mm -hmm. That's a catechetical component, but 
first there needs to be that desire on behalf of the person that comes to you and says, I want Christ. Mm-hmm. I want baptism. I want uh, a first communion. I want, and to see the adults in the parish want first communion so bad. Yeah. You're just like, wow, I, do I respect what I get to receive every day mm-hmm. as much as this person mm-hmm. who, let's say, has a struggled marriage or has some situation. A lot of them come in situations where they might even be living together and not have the sacrament of marriage yet because of eight years in a, concent- or a refugee camp, all right? So they don't receive communion. Yeah. And you're like, do, do the rest of us understand what this person this the formation this person has mm-hmm. they might not have had the sacrament yet but they might have a deeper formation than i have uh, so anyway yeah. it's been really yeah. beautiful for me yeah. for father morgan for our parish so that's coming up this uh, a week confirmation have you guys done confirmation not yet. yes not yet. Oh. yep no. Ours we're always i don't know why you know it's always on a system but we're yeah. always pretty early yeah I don't, again it's one you of those you gotta things. have it coming up right yeah it's coming up Ours know. is in two weeks. You'll have to ask my uh, religious ed director. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're uh, the religious ed director, so right. you, yeah, know. you know those things. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's coming up, I know. Um, awesome. The other thing that was cool for us is we had two people come into the church whose kids were receiving First Communion as well. Oh. So they got to share in that joy of the, the adult preparing for First Communion and then the child preparing for First hmm. Communion as well. Uh, and so, that, actually, no, three. Three, anyways. So mm-hmm. it was it was kind of nice to see that as well to watch the parent uh, have that sort of experience yeah. of of waiting, mm-hmm. and then to be able to share that with the child uh, as well. So, well, I suppose maybe we should hit up a first break. If you're out there listening, we're grateful you're listening to Rutten Radio on Lamb Catholic Radio. You can catch us on live stream. You can find that on my Facebook or Lamb's Facebook. Actually, you can find that live stream. You can watch it. Um, boy, I'm, I'm always surprised like at the hundreds and thousands of people that actually watch it. It's like, really? Uh, but I guess they're out there. So uh, <laughs> Maybe but, we're a part of fake news. <laughs> we're trying to get advertising revenue up. So that <laughs> oh, that's priceless. All right. With that, let's go to break here. You're listening to Rutten Radio. Uh, please stay tuned because we have a special guest coming up, our brother-in-law, Gabe Flynn. He's going to talk we'll about talk something about secret. A secret. Uh, <laughs> we'll be talking about all things Star Wars when we come back. Love Catholic Radio? Join us in bringing the truth of Jesus Christ to Eastern South Dakota by donating today at lamradio.com. Hi, I'm Monsignor Charles Mangan, a priest of the Diocese of Sioux Falls. I'm blessed to be leading a 10-day pilgrimage September 5th through the 16th. The pilgrimage will begin at Fatima and end in Rome. We will have tickets for the papal audience at the Vatican and have a Sunday Mass at St. Peter's Basilica. If you are interested in joining me on the pilgrimage, call 605-427-1844 or go to indepthtours.net.
Hi, this is Gabe. Hey, Gabe, Joe. Hi, Joe. How's it going? Good. Are you uh, picking up our my voice? All right. Yep, I can hear you just fine. All right, I think we can hear you fine too. Seems like right, Heather. All right. Well, we got uh, Father Paul's filling up the coffee cups, and uh, John's okay. over there dialing in. So we're just kind of gonna we're gonna take a uh, we're gonna take a little uh, break here. So the priests are just doing their thing. So why don't you just if you want to just hang out there a little bit for about two minutes, okay? All right, I'll be right here on the phone waiting. Awesome. And then are there Heather, Heather, Gabe, Jill? Gabe, Heather is uh, the production coordinator here, so if you want to say hi to Heather. Oh, hi, Heather. Heather, can't, Heather can't Thanks for I guess Heather can't talk to you, so I'll talk through it. Um, but just a heads up, there shouldn't be any glitches. Or I mean, it just it's pretty straightforward, right? He can, he's like, all right, you're live with us once we go live, uh, Gabe, and we'll just call it good. I'm going to take it just a, a minute or two. And she's going to send you some audio if you're listening to the station. My wife is listening in the other room on the on the on the computer. She's live streaming it, gotcha. so she and I have been watching so far. All right, all right. Sounds great. And then if can you hear it? Oh yeah, you're saying. Yeah, anyway. All right, sounds great. All right. All right. Thank bye. you.
just look if we're like, you know, just kind of give us, but otherwise I don't care who takes the lead, I'll open it up and send it in and then you guys can roll with it. And now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. Welcome back to Rutten Radio out there, everybody that's listening on Lamb Catholic Radio. Uh, you can dial us in on Twitter and Facebook and call <laughs> us up and do all those things. We love to give shout-outs, but uh, we have a very, very special guest joining us here. Uh, we'd like to welcome Gabe Flynn, our brother-in-law to Rutten Radio. Gabe, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you, Joe. <laughs> well, uh, actually, though, technically it's May 3rd, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm, oh, we're wait, thanks for here. ruining. No, 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 no. We'll get <laughs> that. No, we'll see. What? It, no. But, but we live in a unique situation, don't we, Gabe? Yes, we do. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, as you know, Christians just celebrated Easter, which is one of the most celebrated holidays around the world, but... Star Wars Day is an intergalactic holiday celebrated throughout the universe. So this brings ecumenism to a whole new level. But aren't we uh, a day early, being that it's only May 3rd? You see, Star Wars Day is May the 4th. Well, you guys are more genius than I thought because I have a special message from a friend of mine from New Zealand named Tim Cheeseman, uh, who is a real Jedi, by the way. Really? I've had the pleasure and privilege to interview uh, basically, Dunedin is the same size as Sioux Falls, 120,000 people, so it's a sister city to us. <laughs> New Zealand sports the highest per capita number of self-identified Jedis around the world. In 2001, over 1.5% of New Zealanders wrote Jedi on the census form, making it the country's second largest religion after Christianity. <laughs> but here's why you guys are geniuses. Dunedin, New Zealand is exactly 17 hours ahead of us in time, so right now it's uh, 7.30 a.m. In New Zealand it is 30 minutes after midnight, May the 4th. So we can officially and truly say, May the 4th be with you. <laughs> so happy to start with you, everyone. <laughs> I, uh, that's, you really got me. Uh, I should <laughs> So So let's, let's go. All right, so, so Gabe, what is Star Wars? I, I'm, I'm not the Star Wars guy. I love the movies. Oh, love, love but it. I'm not love like it. the, like I'm not me. the insider like me. Paul. Paul's no. the insider, right? What is Star and I'm Wars the Day? Well, Joe, uh, Star Wars Day, it's not tied to the religion of Jediism. It's an unofficial fan celebration, but now claimed to be official by the Disney Corporation. It's grown huge <laughs> over the years. It's one of the examples of how Star Wars has had such an impact on popular culture in America and in the world. For, uh, you see, in when Margaret Thatcher in England took office as Prime Minister, May the 4th, 1979, which was two years after the original Star Wars movie came out, the newspaper headlines read, May the 4th be with you, Maggie, and it stuck. You see, unlike many other movie events, which are run by marketing campaigns from big studios, Star Wars Day grew from individual fans acting on their own initiative. And by the way, in celebration, I'll be watching all three original movies in my house tomorrow night, and you guys are all invited. I hope you make it quick. <laughs> so, so those are long movies. You've got to do three of them. So you basically start when you get home from work, and you just uh, plug them in all night, huh? Absolutely. We, we eat a lot of popcorn, myself and my family. All right. Now let's let's do this religious deal here. we got a couple of priests. we got, you know, church. Uh, is Jediism really a religion? Yeah. Well, most people, such as my friend Tim from New Zealand, don't follow Jediism as a true religion, but rather as a cultural phenomenon or a way of looking at the world. Uh, specifically in New Zealand and the British Commonwealth of Nations, the census phenomenon, when over half a million people did truly declare themselves to be Jedi, 
uh, was another example of the Star Wars effect going viral within popular culture. See, no one could have predicted it. It just happened. But there are strict adherence to Jediism with ministers and ordination process, temples, and rites of initiation. Uh, and Jedi, just so you know, they don't worship Star Wars and they don't worship George Lucas. Uh, the Temple of the Jedi Order celebrates significant dates throughout the year, but uh, one of them is not Star Wars Day, by the way. Wow. Well, is this, you know, I'm, I'm struck by, I'm kind of like caught between fascinated by all of this and wanting to throw my hands in the air and be flabbergasted. Uh, is it was this what George Lucas had in mind when he wrote these? No, not at all. Uh, and and he's the first to say to all of us and to remind us that hey, Star Wars is just a movie. It's a work of art. Okay. When he wrote it, he didn't even think he'd get the chance to make another movie. Uh, he thought it would flop, to be quite frank. But to his credit, it didn't. Uh -huh. And uh, the original Star Wars movie became the biggest movie event ever and totally changed everything about movies. So coupled with the cu cultural impact. It's had, uh, I maintain that Star Wars truly is the greatest movie ever made. There might be other people that might disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, hey, Goonies. Hey, like Goonies. Lonesome <laughs> well, I'm not, or, I'm not or, or saying actually, it's the best movie, well, but actually, I am saying it's the greatest. Because we also know that there really are sort of, it's sort of like Apple versus IBM. Uh, there's Trekkies out there that are probably uh, pulling out their Vulcan ears right now. Uh, but, well, but I love but I, would I not love be Star one of Trek. Them, I, wrong. I love lots of movies. To agree. Uh, but, uh, Here's the thing, Star though. Wars, the one question it, it about did, this, it, as I watch them again, I realize like how bad some of it is, like the acting. Uh, it's just cheesy. But, but I still keep watching them. Like, what is it about these movies that has struck a, a, a core for people? Yeah, good, uh, good question. Keep in mind that it it does rank 13 all-time on the AFI's 100 Best Movies of All Time. What's number one? Uh, number one? Casablanca. Citizen Kane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so when's the last time you and your family sat around watching Citizen Kane all night? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 have, I, I have seen Purchase right. Over the River Kwai well, because of those Mom others. Made us. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You see, when, uh, when Star Wars came out, and it came out at the perfect time for me since I was born in 1968, I was 10 years old at the time, it came to Wapak, oh. North Dakota, to the Gillis Theater uh, in early 1978. <laughs> and people literally stood in line to see it, some for hours. No one did that before in movies. People saw it, and they saw it again and again. Theaters put in Dolby surround sound just to handle the soundtrack and increase sales. The movie made so much money, it changed the formula for how studios make movies. Fans dressed as their favorite characters and started saying, may the force be with you in school, at work, everywhere. So Star Wars years, started that's that's... a huge collective experience. So Star Wars started this whole phenomenon. Are you saying Star Wars started the whole phenomenon of dressing up and going to the movie theater? The individual uh, fans did. Wow. Uh, that's a cultural revolution, right? I mean, that's... Yeah. Uh, it, absolu it absolutely is. Now just another common, example. Right? Uh, yeah. there's, a, there's a fan community called Wikipedia, uh, which is a wiki community... <laughs> It's got over 130,000 pages devoted to all things Star Wars. It's the number one wiki of any type uh, in the world. Uh, matter of fact, there's over 3.5 million people visit it every month. And George Lucas didn't plan this. It just happened. By the way, I'm Archangel Gabriel 1 on Wikipedia, if you ever want to communicate with me. I knew I put, on, I put on the Facebook page that we were having a conversation with an expert, and you've now just confirmed that. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. My brother, our brother-in-law, extraordinaire. Yeah, he's he's. This yeah. Is. You know, and I remember because I, I'm a little younger than you, Gabe. Uh, I I did some research on George Lucas and Star Wars, and when George Lucas uh, had wanted to show the movie for the first time, they thought it was a mistake, the soundtrack, because it was going up and down, and it was things are all over the place, and so they monoed the whole thing. And George is like, what did you do to my movie? Like, you just ruined my movie. And they thought it was a mistake. They thought he had messed up the movie because it was for the first time the use of sound in a way that, that really helped you interact into a movie uh, in a different way than you would have before. And so they thought he was he was he had made a mistake mm. the whole time. Yeah, it was absolutely... It was he absolutely was revolutionizing how we watch movies. Mm. And now you can't even imagine, like, if you would watch a movie that way, you know, like in mono, you'd be like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with this movie? Yeah, Star Wars, it changed everything. It changed everything about the way movies are made, the way movies are marketed. See, I remember coming out of the theater that first time thinking, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Uh, and a, a bit later after I saw all three movies, I can remember thinking, someday I'm going to watch these movies with my own kids. And that's exactly what I did. And uh, it's it just, it's, it's amazing. So when was the last time... Uh, any of you guys, anyone else said, boy, I, I can't wait to watch uh, these movies with my kids. It's a realized dream. And it's one of the things that makes Star Wars great. Yeah, I, I first had that experience, or not, I shouldn't say first, but I had a, a, that experience a little bit in a movie we also reviewed on Rutten Radio, which was Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, yeah. Where <clears throat> I, I came out of that movie and I thought, I just saw something incredible. Um, and it won't obviously have the same impact as Star Wars, but what it made me realize is that movies don't have that dynamic anymore that really moves someone. And I think maybe as I hear you speak, Gabe, we're so marketed yeah. to that they aren't producing something that meets the human person. They're trying to make the human person do something that it naturally isn't going to do. And somehow Star Wars did something that moved people as opposed to trying to be gimmicky and and do that. And interestingly enough, Hacksaw Ridge was just telling a story of something that was human. Um, yeah, so, so, you know, it kind of gets to maybe a larger archetype, if you will, and that is storytelling, right? Uh, and, and, you know, so sci-fi movies just... I'm not a sci-fi guy. Ugh. Like, especially all you Trekkies out there, I do not understand you, Alex High. <laughs> if you are listening, well, here's Alex. one thing that made the the movie tick, like uh, Homer's Odyssey and, and Shakespeare's plays. Uh, it truly was a study of archetypes. Uh, it developed characters that people could relate to and followed them on a journey through three movies. That's one thing that George Lucas nailed. So whether you're a scoundrel, a princess, or a farm boy dreaming of a bigger world, Star Wars gave it to you. And no matter your your past, your failures, your transgressions, Star Wars was a story of redemption and hope. And ultimately. That, to me, is the biggest reason that it was such a hit. Mm -hmm. um, and and when, when the movies stay true to this canon, the fans applaud, uh, and, and they line up in droves. For example, think of this. In 1978, Kenner sold $100 million worth of Star Wars action figures. In 1979, they, they sold another $100 million. No one ever did this before. The total economic impact of Star Wars, the movies... Merchandising everything is so far it's uh, up to about forty-two billion dollars. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> now, Joe, this is for you. If uh, if Star Wars were a country, uh, they would rank 
Starbucks would rank uh, 89th in the world, uh, ahead of 102 uh, GDPs of other countries. Uh, ranks currently right above the Congo, Jordan, and Serbia. That's how big the Star Wars movie franchise is. Wow. <laughs> I, I actually can believe that. If you've ever been to Jordan... <laughs> the uh, King, of, King of Dollar might have favorite, something to say. One of my about favorite that. aspects of Star Wars is, uh, is what is the financial dynamic. Well, uh, speaking of that, we're going to come back to that. I've got a trivia question for you, Father John. You're the businessman of the group. Uh, I've calculated and see what causes what, what other movie in the world would cause different people to do things like this. I've calculated. How many Star Wars Lego bricks have been uh, created in our existence uh, in existence in the world right now? You're familiar with Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Legos. Uh, how many, uh, uh, Father John? How many Star Wars Lego bricks do you think exist in the world right now? <laughs> Two. None. Well, while you're while you're pondering that, let me just give you the answer. There's approximately there there are a hundred billion Star Wars Lego bricks in the world right now. Wow. What makes a star? Really? What makes so a Star Wars Lego block? It'd, it'd be a Lego block used to build a Star, Star Wars, Wars thing. Machine, yeah. So they're colored right, they're shaped oh, right. Oh, I got you. Yep. So oh, yeah. So like building, you don't, you, yeah. Legos now come as... Yeah, yeah I'm an old school Lego green, guy. Green, red, yeah. the little grass. Yeah. We're, but now okay. listen to this. I've, I've got something for Father Paul. He's the engineer that loves science. Uh, so Father Paul, you are familiar with the Death Star. Oh, yeah. Uh, the ultimate weapon in the galaxy. All right. Uh, did you know that Death Star could be uh, could actually be built? Some students from Lehigh University, they, they figured out, they calculated how much steel would be required to build that thing. Uh, let me just ask you, since you're the engineer, about uh, what the uh, dollar amount of steel would, would be necessary to build a real-life Death Star? Four billion. This is a good, this is a, this is a great engineering question. Well, you're kind of close. How about... Uh, Eight hundred fifty-two quadrillion dollars. <laughs> All right, what yep. that is, that it's roughly thirteen thousand times the current world GDP. Holy cow! So it would take a lot of money to. Uh, so we're not build building that. it anytime soon. <laughs> no, we're going to go to Mars first. See, who thinks of things like this other than Star Wars fans? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, before you finished your sentence, I was going to say Gabe Flynn. <laughs> I'm, I'm back to the economic question. Just think of all right. So as human, per, connect this to theology a little bit, right? So we're, we're connect. Yeah. We're created in God's image. God is a creator. Therefore, we're creators, right? So one person has this idea that comes to fruition with a whole team of uh, that turns into an economy of what you say? How many billions of dollars is this thing? Forty-two billion. dollars. One idea, um, you know, from an economic standpoint, that that forty-two billion dollars was created through an idea. It just—I find the economics of it fascinating. And it's um, not done. And it's not done. It's still. Because, it's yeah, Disney, Disney just got a hold of. <laughs> I, I mean, so it, you know, like it, all it, these it, other, it, like I, people aren't running around doing He-Man anymore. <laughs> like, so, so yeah. a question, and if. If it all happened because one man had an idea and it resonated in such a way, but now Disney owns it, hmm. it has a philosophy change happened, Gabe, and will it, do you believe it'll have an impact on the future of Star Wars? Yes, I do. Uh, basically, the original Star Wars movies have, have changed over the years. 
and uh, Disney Corporation, which now owns them going forward, uh, they are great at making individual movie blockbusters, but they're, in my opinion, and they are great movies, and I am fans of the new, of the new movies, but if they're not true to the canon, to the, to the original message of the movies, then they will, they will ultimately lose the community, which will uh, ultimately lose everything. And, uh, and Gabe, would you t- tell me, uh, I'm, I'm an outside observer. Um, there was the original three, which are five, six, and seven, or four, five, six. And then there was three that were created that I thought were, I don't know, not interesting. They seemed more gimmicky or more... Uh, the prequels. Were, all right, the prequels. Were those controlled by Disney? Uh, they were not. No, those were those were controlled by George Lucas, um, and those are still those are still good movies. They are <laughs> they are not as they are not as good as the original movies, in my opinion, and uh, yeah, to to most. Hey, but they are out there, and they are uh, individual works of art. Uh, and let me tell you, the fan reaction to those movies and some of the ideas they had in them. Uh, there was quite quite a backlash, and that brings up a good point. Did you know from the original movies, which keep being re-released on on bonus DVDs and on Blu-ray, that there have been over 120 changes to the original movies? So the, the movies that you and I buy on the store shelves today of the original movies, they're not the same movies that we saw in theaters, and that is a big deal. Okay. Do, you, do um, does Star Wars resonate today? Is it? relevant to today's today. yeah i mean people uh, kids change so fast today things change like is it are we is it really relevant or is are you are we just I, the I, ones I that it, heard it, it when we were kids is. one of the one of the enduring messages for example from the original movies is that it's a great movie for kids uh, especially girls uh, for example when i took my daughters and their friends uh, they cheered just like kids did back <laughs> in 1978 when i was in the theater um George Lucas, one of the genius things he did is he cast relatively unknown actors as the main actors so that people didn't have preconceived notions of how they should behave. For example, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, and she, she, she needed to be me. rescued, but she also could lead, fight, think for herself, and rescue others. Uh, pardon, pardon my expression, but she was actually Hollywood's first true female badass. Uh, think of all the strong female characters in movies over the last 40 years you can't go to the theaters without seeing uh, 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 a great female lead and they they owe it all to Princess Leia I believe Leia is a great role model for both boys and girls Uh, as a matter of fact Carrie Fisher who just recently passed away by the way she said I don't want my life to imitate art I want my life to be art she died on December 27th just four months ago and literally one day later, her mother, actress Debbie Reynolds, literally died of a broken heart. God bless Carrie Fisher. Wow, this is uh, this is just fascinating. <laughs> I, I, we and might we might have just odd. I thought this was the craziest topic ever. When when they I saw you guys want to do Star Wars, we yeah. want to call in like games. I like, was so excited and like. Oh, our show's on May 3rd. That means May 4th is the next day. We could do Star Wars Day. And it's like, what? Oh, this is now, fascinating. Now to, to give you another example of how Star Wars has affected all of us, especially me. I mean, I mean, who does this sort of thing? Myself and one of my friends, another Star Wars aficionado, Packer Fan 66, uh, he's helped me catalog all the changes from the original movies. And as a matter of fact, it's 
freeze framed them and, and made some still images of these changes uh, on on uh, on tape. Yeah. So you come to my house, you can watch all the changes because this changes not only the substance of the movie; it changes mm-hmm. it changes the experience. Uh, so I'm excited to share my experience of the movies that I saw when I was young. For all you new guys that uh, saw it. Uh, uh, later on in life. All right, so we got we got sixty seconds. We got sixty seconds left here, Gabe. One is that going anywhere? Like that's obviously a work that you're is personal, but is that something that's on a website that people can go look at, or is that just something you have at your home? And number two, is there a way we should end this in a real Star Wars fashion? Sure. Uh, yeah. If, <laughs> if if interested, check out originaltrilogy.com, and that will explain the uh, the fan. Uh, hope and the fan project to bring back the original movies in high definition, which, by the way, I legally have a copy of. So come on over to my house and watch them. Hey, a couple of things. Did you know that Darth Vader, his breathing is so iconic that it has its own trademark? Uh, Darth Vader leads a long list of people, including with Ronald McDonald and Big Bird, is more recognized than the president in America. Uh, Darth Vader ranks number two all time as the second greatest villain in movie history. Uh, you know that Princess Leia's golden bikini costume from the second movie it was so popular that it, it has, it's the only costume in the world that has its own website. I could go on and on. <laughs> All right, that's yeah, our 60 seconds is up. So may the fourth be with you, everyone. May the fourth be with you, What a wonderful half hour. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back to send the kids off to school with prayer. Donate today to the Lamb Catholic Radio. Help us to continue our mission of bringing people to Christ and Christ to his people. Uh, Father Haggerty, what are you doing? I'm perfecting my casting skills. Your casting skills? Is this for a new type of ministry I don't know about? No, I'm practicing for the Bishop's Charity Fishing Tournament to support seminarian education. A fishing tournament? Yeah, the Bishop's Fishing Tournament, June 5th at Big Stone Lake and June 12th at West Whitlock State Park near Gettysburg. There's even mass and an outdoor prime rib dinner. That sounds fun. Where do I register? Just go to ccfesd.org, click on events, and register your team today. Hi, I'm Brett Byler with Lamb Catholic Radio. Call me for your marketing needs at 605-275-465. From all of us here at Lamb Catholic Radio, we'd like to wish a happy birthday to Father Grant Lacey at Cathedral St. Joseph in Sioux Falls, Father Paul in Bridgewater, and Father Charles Duman, retired in Mitchell. Happy birthday and many blessings on your special day. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for May 3rd. Today we celebrate Saints Philip and James. Each of Jesus' apostles was a foundation stone of the church, and so it is with Philip and James. Of today's two saints, we know a bit more about Philip. He came from Bethsaida, the same town as Peter and Andrew, and was called directly by Jesus. Like the other apostles, Philip needed time to realize who Jesus was. At the feeding of the 5,000 who had gathered to hear Jesus, he tested Philip with a question about how so many people could possibly be fed. Philip's reply revealed his human concern that there was not nearly enough money available. At the Last Supper, Philip pleaded with Jesus to show us the Father. Jesus replied, Have I been with you for so long a time, and you still do not know me, Philip? The Apostle James, also known as James the Lesser, 
is more of a mystery, in part because he is often confused with others named James. Following Jesus' death, James became highly respected by the Jewish community in Jerusalem. Some accounts indicate he was brought before the Sanhedrin and sentenced to death around the year 62. It is believed that Philip, likewise, died a martyr's death. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. of the faithfully departed is being brought to you by Paulson Monuments in Canton, South Dakota. We guarantee you will notice the difference. We would like to pray today for the repose of the souls of Bill Dalton, Sister Antoinette Crum, and Edward Moran. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and let your perpetual light shine upon them. May the souls of the faithfully departed, through the mercy of God, Rest in peace. Prayers of the Faithfully Departed has been brought to you by Paulson Monuments in Canton, South Dakota. The best quality, service, and value in the business. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down, eating your soul. I know a place where mercy flows. Down to the river, down to the river, down.
You're listening to Lamb Catholic Radio on KSJP 88.9 in Ipswich, Aberdeen, KSTJ 91.3 in Hartford, Mitchell, and Yankton, and 104.3 Juan Diego Radio in Sioux Falls. And now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. How we doing, Lamb listeners out there? You're listening to Rutten Radio, coming at you live from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, <laughs> but we're broadcasting coast to coast. Around the world, and it is that time of day where parents are dropping their kids off at school. So, Lord knows uh, we need all the help we can get, teachers, parents, priests, everybody, and <laughs> our kids. Yeah. So if maybe we just say a prayer for them. Kids, if you're out there listening, you know what? Um, there's nothing more important than your faith life, uh, and uh, we want to encourage that. So why don't we just begin everything as we do uh, with prayer. Father John, would you like to lead us, or... What are you two hooligans laughing about? <laughs> because we just had a conversation, and I tried to pawn it on him. And, oh, uh, I, and he said, no, I do a better job. So then I'm like, okay, I'll pray. And then they're like, Father John, do you want to pray? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Right. Maybe in the name it's of the Father, Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day. We just ask that your Spirit may be poured out into our hearts, into our lives, that we may understand the incredible gift that we are given each and every day to grow closer to you and to each other. We pray for the teachers today. As the weather gets nice and the children do not desire to be indoors, may you give them the patience and the understanding. As we see the end of a school year coming, may you also help us to be grateful for this year and all that it has brought, the many ways in which we have grown in knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Heavenly Father, we thank you as well for the gift of our parents who are willing to help their children to grow in wisdom. We just ask that you may bless everybody today as they begin their day, that you may fill us with your grace, and we ask Mary to be with us as we pray. Hail Mary, Mary full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wow. What an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> Joe's not a Star Wars fan, and our sister Christy texted, and she's like, I'm with Joe. Uh, <laughs> Any listeners out there that so, are with me? So we understand not everybody was excited, but... As our father used to say, the good Lord made us it all, all different, different, didn't he? So, yes, he well, did. Well, I'm a Star Wars fan, but I was trying to think of why, because I hate Star Trek, and not a sci-fi person, but I think it's because we were old enough when the third installment came out, Return of the Jedi, right. yeah. and I think I saw that in the movie theater. Oh, I'm sure I you could, did. I think I saw it in the movie theater, and I'm an adventure guy, and so the Ewoks and the and, village, so yeah. while you got the Millennium Falcon... Yep. I got the Ewok village for right. my birthday. Right. Yeah. And that, so I was like more into Star Wars because of the adventure side of it that I caught sure. right at the end, as opposed to the sci fi part yeah. that was really the basis of. You, you got know. the Ewok village, and I got a Lone Ranger doll. Yeah. <laughs> I got oh, it let's made. not begin to talk about what one guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Here's the I'm... Christmas baby. He's gonna he's gonna unload of 42 years of having the, his birthday on Christmas. No, 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 no. 
Um, all right. Well, let's. Uh, there's there's lots of things going around, but John, you brought something up in the break that I did think was interesting, and the good Lord made us all different. And we are in uh, uh, farming and ranch country out here in the plains. And you had said, did somebody bring up? For the greatest movie of all time, Lonesome Dove. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I did. I, I it was it's a, it was a, a mini series right on TV and like Star Wars, you know. So it's got multiple episodes. And man, I loved Lonesome Dove <laughs> as a kid. I thought that was the greatest thing in the world. Um, and I vividly remember that Tom did not, not like the actor Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> so of all the things, of course, you love what your older brother loves, right? You know, yeah. so you don't like Ricky, you know, but man, I love Gus and the whole, oh. So any, anybody yeah. out there listening, uh, give a shout out to Lonesome Dove, the greatest <laughs> yeah, miniseries. Yeah, we were a big Lon- Lonesome Dove family. We watched oh, yeah. all the time. Popcorn yeah. and living room. and Right. But but again, we grew up in a generation when the one who was the oldest dictated what you watched. <laughs> ah. So we didn't have an option to not love whatever it was that they liked. We watched and there whatever was one Digger TV. And there was the one TV. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we did that's get another one eventually on this. Uh, I never really thought yeah, about no, that. No, I mean, it really is this reality that, you know, our culture today, we're never forced to see something or do something that we don't like, you know, and, and, and we would hmm. miss many things if someone else hadn't uh, said, you're going to watch this or yeah. nothing. Uh, and that, that reality that how do you, you know, I, I pray for parents because how do you do that today? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember Catherine said one time she she stopped DVRing things because her kids just thought, well, whenever I want to watch something, I should be able to watch it. Ah. Versus saying, well, it comes on at three o'clock, so if you're there at three, we can watch it at three. But if we're not there at three, we don't watch it. Uh, well, we just watch whatever we want, whenever we want. Uh, and that idea of some boundaries in life. Good for Katie. But, yeah. I would have struggled well, simply because. I'm the kid. <laughs> right. Yeah, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. the one that wants yeah. to be able to watch yeah. it whenever well, I, I want. I didn't say she stopped recording. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Her well, it is interesting because now when we look back on it, we were more interested. I mean, what really moves us is the fact that something happened back then right. that we were one. I mean, I can still see the red carpet. Oh. You know, we were talking at St. Lambert's, they had orange shag carpet. Oh, yeah. What I haven't told anybody is that I grew up in a house with red shag carpet. Whether you liked it or not, whether you liked it or not, you sort of submitted to the whole. Yeah. You died to whatever it was you wanted. You'd have your turn or whatever. And yeah. it's the popcorn and it's dad and it's mom it's and it's the family and it's sitting around the TV. There's more to it than just watching Because, right, most of us, at least that are 35 and up maybe, I don't know how, how old, but there's a demographic at some point that, that can stop and say, all right, at 5 o'clock was the news, at 5.30 was, at 6 o'clock was, um, uh, was Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy, or at, se- at 6.30 or 7 was uh, Dukes of Hazard. But <laughs> I remember that you had to get through something to the Dukes of Hazard. So yeah. I wanted the Dukes, but, I, but in order to do the Dukes, you had to first do the oh. 6.30 show, which was Jeopardy or something, yeah. I don't know. Um, but that idea is very interesting that we would have a communal experience that we all share together and we're not all just sitting in the same room actually plugged in. The connection of the TV show to the community experience was essential. It's not anymore. Wait. I can be connected to a show, but I'm in my own little iPad world, not yeah. actually sharing the same experience with everybody else in the room. Right. Yeah. Two, two things on that one. One, I still will remember the day they brought the Dukes back. I was at SDSU, and literally the entire campus had their windows open 
and the theme song playing, mm. and then the power went out. Oh, no. no. A squirrel or something. <laughs> like, like, the whole thing just went poof. And you could just like this collective, like, <laughs> uh, and then literally, but like everybody was back, like, because everyone had the experience. Yep. And it was coming back at the exact same time. You couldn't watch it any other time. Um, and so that idea again of this giant, I mean, like literally the whole campus, mm-hmm. it was Dukes of Hazards. But that doesn't happen anymore no. because we watch it when we want. The other one is, and I say this a lot, you know, we give mom credit for many things. Uh, these little things we're wearing when they first came out mom said they were not to be allowed worn in the house because if you put them on you will detach from mm-hmm. the community from mm-hmm. the house so we could be outside with them if you were by yourself but if you were inside you were not allowed to wear headphones because it would disconnect you and yeah. everyone thought oh whatever mom what does moms know <laughs> well <laughs> mom you were right uh, it disconnects you huh. you know all these things that are supposed to connect us actually disconnect, disconnect us. Yeah. I was looking at something, I don't remember exactly what it was, but so in front of this, I always ask myself the question, okay, what's how do we go forward? Or like how do we get out of this? Or what what do we do? And in in a sense, there's always if we believe that the human person is made for goodness and truth and love, then there's always an ability to entrust something to the individual. And what we can say is the experience of disconnecting yourself is not what you are really looking for. Mm. And so someone disconnected, even if you're addicted to your iPhone or if you're addicted to all, if you're disconnected, your heart is not alive. You aren't filled with joy. Right. So you can entrust the person. You can say, what, what makes more? The sacrifice of getting out of myself and being a part of a family or isolating into myself? And then within that person, at some point, they get to make the decision, you know what, I want to be free. Yep. And, and you really get to say, freedom only comes in a certain way by living a certain way. And you don't have to live by moral, or you don't have to live like by a certain set of rules, but if you live by your heart. And I saw online in a secular article, it was talking about happiness. And it was talking about um, that people are, certain, are starting to do certain things uh, because it makes them happy. Now, this is a secular article, but it's a fact. Well, this yeah. is the fruit of Christianity. I mean, this is Christianity is the fulfillment of that way of living, that the happiness is actually fulfilled finally in Christ. Right. And, and this isn't something that, that is even just unique to Christianity, but Thomas Aquinas built his theology on the philosophy of Aristotle. And Aristotle in 400 BC said that the end or object of all human actions is happiness. Yeah. Now, it's not happiness as we kind of think of today, but it's happiness which is a, 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 is a completeness or fulfillment of our end, of what we're created for, right? So even Aristotle understood you're created for something, although you have the will to do whatever you want, only doing what you're created for will bring you peace, joy, happiness. And that's the object of all human activity. Yeah. Um, and you know, it just there's lots here. I think we could do a whole topic on on this, but but the culture, right? We have a tendency always to look back and say, oh, you know, I'm sure that there's a, a both and proposition here. The the good, but it has to. My real thing that I think we can think about, or maybe offer a show on in the future, is helping parents understand how do they go about what's their responsibility in the formation of their homes for the nurture the best nurturing of their child, right? We want to entrust the freedom 
to, to the freedom of the person to make these mm-hmm. choices. But we have the responsibility to form the child. Mm-hmm. We don't give the child just freedom to do whatever they want. We know we have to nurture and create a culture. I think that might, what does the Petri dish of the home look like that fosters a mature individual that leaves the home and is able to discern and choose that which makes them happy? Uh, would be an interesting topic, I think, for another segment. So, so we're going to be on to, for three months. Yeah, three months. Add <laughs> that to the yet. third month. This is wonderful. Well, let's give some shout-outs. Um, I actually just had a sh- – I got to give a shout-out. I had a Lonesome Dove fan out there chime in. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so it's Thur- uh, uh, Thurman. So you went to oh, – yeah. did you go to school with Thurman? Uh, USD, yep. Um, so, you know, when it comes to to – Lonesome Dove and the country and all that stuff. There are a few underground people out there that are Lonesome Dove techies, or I don't know what you call it, <laughs> Doveites? We're Doveites. Doveies. You know? So anyway, Boy, uh, there's... there's masculine. Uh, Megan Vasgard always gets a, oh, a shout-out. She, she gets a shout-out every, every month. Uh, yeah, my shout-outs are to Kaden Gomez, is a, a student in O'Gorman Junior High, and the Gomez family, they've had a little uh, play going back and forth. Um, one of them said, "Hey, Lamb Radio, fake news, because <laughs> the ruttons are on." <laughs> so they get a shout out. If Steve you weren't listening, if you weren't listening earlier, there is a great fake news uh, comment. Oh yeah, Check yeah, back you gotta go back it. and listen. Oh, was... So Stephen Nary's friend of mine uh, lives in Colorado, and uh, Kim Kovash had uh, is watching on the Cube. So awesome! I'm just gonna throw one out for. Uh, Ashley and Corey, parishioners of mine that just had a baby. Oh, uh, so great. congratulations. Um, Within the hour? At 1.30 a.m. this <laughs> oh, morning. Wow, so did, while actually. You know, I was <laughs> trying to sleep. Uh, she was rejoicing to have a baby. Mm. Well, um, all right. You know, maybe I'll, I'll just kind of take and jump off of the shout-outs and just jump on to... My shout out with Nick Thurman. So I, I stopped and I think, well, what is Nick doing? Nick's at work right now. Like, what's he doing listening to us? Like, shouldn't he be? And then I'm like, oh, he's a construction. He builds homes. So he's, of course, he's got the radio on, right? Well, here's Nick Thurman, I assume, at work. If you, yeah, it's 8 12, right? But um, at work, maybe listening to Lamb Radio, you know, out while he builds one of the homes here in Sioux Falls. Uh, you know, it kind of brings maybe a conversation transition into a, a topic for the next half hour, and that is, the Catholic perspective of work. Um, what does it look like? How, how, how does the Catholic perspective offer? What insights or what value does the Catholic perspective offer to the dignity of what we do on a daily basis? Would be a great topic. So with that, maybe just throw it out there. And uh, Paul, John, uh, thoughts on the Catholic perspective and work? Yeah, I guess I always like to start from the human perspective, uh, which I was driving yesterday, and there were some people working road construction, and I started thinking about when we did do roofing, and when we were doing construction. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah, Christ have mercy. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Oh, those poor people. Yeah, those days. Yeah. <laughs> if you can imagine, okay, basically... The Rutten Roofing was was basically <laughs> lamb radio um, under baking hot sun. Yeah. And With Tom f- in charge, actually, <laughs> making sure something got done. Yeah, Tom uh, actually worked, and then the rest of us... Uh, somebody saw Elvis. <laughs> Shh, let's just not go there. We've got enough stories to finish the hour. <laughs> so, 
as I was thinking about it, what occurred to me is there was something really fulfilling about going home that night. And I thought to myself, this person, it was later and they were finishing their day and the, the truck was loaded with like five people and they were going off the job site, you know, and I just had this experience of, I, I felt good about myself when I ended the day that way. And I could look and I could say, there is something I did. There is something I contributed to. Uh, and there was, a, there was a real sense of accomplishment in that. So I think uh, the human person is made in a way to do something. But I'm also made in a way where I almost have to overcome an inertia to get to that point. Yeah. I, have to, I have to freely choose. And I think with roofing, the reason it was always a problem is I never freely chose to want to be there. <laughs> and right. if, if at some point, if I would have said, you know what, but Tom did. Oh Tom, God. at a certain point, said, "This is a beautiful way to live," and he saw in him making the bead belts. You know, he beaded belts and stuff. He saw how something he created had beauty, had a value to another person, and so he just uh, transferred that into construction. And he has had a beautiful life. For me, I always resisted it. So, in a certain point, with work comes a sense I have to overcome an inertia, or I have to find what it is that. I am created for. Yeah. So he found it in beads and construction, and I found it in business and in management. And in that then, I see I have to go to the root of it that, wow, I am created. And then I get to this Christian perspective of what does it mean to be created and to participate in this work? Mm-hmm. And I always would tell people that I, I discerned my vocation on the roof. Like, I looked over at Tom and I saw like a joy, even in the the misery of things. <laughs> yeah. No, but that was not in me. And so I yeah. knew that, that this wasn't where I was supposed to be. Like some, this wasn't, this wasn't, this was a, a means to an end for me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep going to college. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get a job where I don't have to be on a roof anymore, but I could look at Tom and, and I could, and even dad, and I could see a different response mm-hmm. to what they were doing. And, and that, that reality, not that you always have to love your job, but that there is this satisfaction or this understanding in it when you're when you're where you're supposed to be, you know, doing what you're supposed to do as well. So yeah, so I always say I. And, and you, <laughs> Go ahead. And not just because I was lazy. Yeah, I, I, it makes me think of Father Rich Ferris, who was here last month with us, and he was discerning his vocation, and he went to. Um, he had thought about being a priest. Did he say this when he was on TV? Yeah. And then he went to that place, and they said, "You're not happy." Right. Yeah, that's that's yeah, the, there's no joy and it doesn't happy. mean that one is better than the other what it means is I can re- I really am created for something yeah. but it's hard when when again with anything when we can see it in them they but you can't you know you can't make them see it yeah uh, and so you just sort of have to keep you know either proposing it to them um, or sometimes God brings situations in. Uh, where you finally get so tired of, of pushing against it that you realize maybe it's the wrong way. So case in point, again, here I am going to college at SDSU to be an engineer, and every summer I can't get a job in uh, engineering, and I'm so frustrated. So I make the decision to go to seminary, and what happens? I get a job in engineering. <laughs> but as I worked that summer... I realized that that wasn't where I was supposed to be either. Mm. So there was this great freedom. Like I did it. I finally got to that place and I realized that this wasn't it either. 
But it took me, you know, again, butting my head up against a wall, trying to figure out, why do I have to go to work for dad all the time? I hate this job, you know, uh, to submitting to God's will. And then as I submit to his will, I discover the joys and, and realization and the freedom to have walked away from that, that job, uh, knowing that it wasn't where I was supposed to be and trying to help people understand that when they've never experienced it, you know, and you're like, you know what, you really should quit your job uh, or look for a different one because this is not where you're supposed to be. Yeah. But they're afraid, you know, and there's this fear and it's like, but it's my job. It's like, well, you might have to step away uh, and trust. But and again, that we're praying about this and that we're, we're striving to ask God to really guide that idea. The other thing that I find, and maybe you guys experience this as well with, with it all, is I remember the projects as we drive by the house. Mm. You know, so like you drive by a house that we worked on and it's like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember. And so there's one over uh, by where I used to live, Joe, uh, where we worked. Uh, and the, the mailman was coming up the steps uh, and Tom knew the mailman. Uh, and oh. so he's <laughs> on the roof and the mailman is under the house and Tom screams. Watch out! Really loud. And the man, you should have seen the mailman like freak out. And then Tom starts, what happened? And the mailman looks up uh, and we'll stop there. Uh, but, but it was a great moment. It was a great moment. And so every time I drive by the house, I think of, of that moment. Uh, it was also the one when we had to wear the garbage bags. I was uh, And, then, and then I'm like, I'm sure I saw lightning, Dad. I'm sure I saw lightning. I'm sure there was lightning. No, there wasn't any lightning. And we're wearing black garbage bags. Was- to protect the rain, by the way, because it's pouring rain. That's where- oh, that was the... Anyway. I was going to say that, too. I was... I've I've repressed a lot of memories <laughs> from when we were roofing, and uh, I don't remember quite. But I did have the experience. I'm now over at St. Lambert, and we're off between Bonson and Sycamore. Right. And when I go to your house or when I go down Sycamore, shingled Dad, a lot of those houses. Yeah, and Dad built that one house over, kind of by the doodlebugs and dinosaurs or whatever, right across. Uh, I can't think maybe I can't remember the house name, but and I just I remember that, and I thought that was out in the middle of nowhere. Mm. And now yeah. I'm like right here. I'm like, oh, you know which one it is. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Well, I don't remember the house, but I just oh. know it was right the over there. Yeah. So you yeah. just go by places yeah. or yeah. the number of people I talk to, and they say, "Oh, your dad did this, or mm-hmm. your dad did that." You know. And yeah. in a sense, there's the dignity of the work. Dignity. Right. Like, there was a community that my father participated in, yeah. and when you lose the sense that you belong to something. And you just become a function or a cog, or there's no like dignity behind right. your work, then it becomes difficult uh, i i find a a larger kind of cultural conversation that could be drawn out of all of this and and that is i think that there's a tendency in modern america um that we actually look down on laborers Mm -hmm. sure we actually have a tendency in our kind of snobbishness if you will the educated class looking down at those that go to work every day and they're with their tool belts or the plumber or not. And now we all want, we all know that we need them. So we got to get our tech school so that we can train plumbers and electricians. And, but there's this soft underbelly that somehow doesn't look at what they do in a dignified manner. Or we stop and we say, all right, well, that's work that the immigrant does or something of this nature. And, and, and it stops and well, wait a minute here. 
I, that, there, there, there's that, there's dignity in the roofer. There's dignity in the carpenter. There's dignity in the electrician. There's dignity in the laborer, the blue-collar job. And I think there's a tendency, a growing tendency in America for the white-collar or the educated group to kind of look at the laborer and kind of say maybe the reason they do that is because of their economic situation or their education. And not to say, no, that's what they're created for. That's what they're good at. That's what they find meaning in. And I look at Tom Anderson, one of my good parishioners over at the cathedral, and he's a plumber. He's the guy that helped us fix our house so that we could sell it. He fixed the, the, the upstairs bathroom stuff. All right. What he did was amazing. But you know what I found more amazing was the value he found in being able to assist and help and give his talents and gifts. But do we really truly value, value today in today's culture the dignity of blue-collar labor yeah. anymore? And this would be go to Mike Rowe and some of the right. dirty jobs questions. And I find so, that question interesting. So I, I totally do too, and I 100% agree with it. I do think we can easily excuse ourselves and say, oh, I don't think that way. Like that's that's kind of I don't think that way. Or even me this personally, is the question, I don't. This think. is the question I would put before you: Is yep. do you want your daughter or son to become a plumber? Is your are you is your son or daughter in second grade right now, and you're already planning their college career? Mm-hmm. If that's it, then why? Then I would say that's uh-huh. a greater, a deeper indication to us that we have something about our children going in a certain direction, and if they're just going to become a roofer. We aren't happy, you know. Do I talk about my son who is a drug addict, or do I always talk about my son who's in college and going to be a doctor or going to be a businessman or something? That's the way I see in culture is because to say, you know, it's too blatant to say it the way, yeah, as clear as you say it. But that is what we're saying when we when we're like, oh, well, I'm just going to go to a two year school. Or something, you know. I had someone the other day tell me they're going to two-year school. I was so pumped up for them because I knew that that's where, like, yeah. and frankly, uh, I've been to business school. I went to business yeah. school and I got out and I made twenty-eight thousand dollars a year living in Chicago. And I'm like, this isn't what I planned. Nobody told me this. No, and the plumber just graduated <laughs> the plumber made and he's fifty thousand. Well, yeah. certainly the garbage man would make more than you. <laughs> You know, there's a Benny Castillo, a wonderful guy. He's a professional baseball player, and I got to know him as I was a coach here in town. And he loved the O'Gorman kids partly because Benny was from the Dominican Republic, and so he has a poverty experience that he can bring to O'Gorman and help the O'Gorman kids maybe say, all right, not that they're all rich, but they all kind of, you're in a private school, right? So he was able to get them out of themselves. And I vividly remember him him telling him one day about being a garbage man. And do you respect your garbage man? And do you know his name? And and he gave the garbage man dignity, right? Well, what does Leo want to be when he's right now at four? He wants to be a garbage man. Like, at uh. one point, he wanted to be the garbage man. Every day he woke up, he wanted to see the garbage man. And we have to drive around our neighborhood and chase down the trucks. And I know one of them. <laughs> yeah. I know one of them. So we'll awesome. stop and say hello and talk to He's a person, right? Yes. You know, like, this is a job. Well, what Benny said was, by the way, they make more money than I do. Now, they're not maybe making $100,000 a year, but in New York City they might be, but they make decent money. Yeah. But I don't look at what they do as something that, you know, this is a, 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 a there's dignity in what he does. Yeah. He takes out my garbage. Oh, really? Just wait yeah. till he stops taking it out. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. Bishop Dudley was the one that used, I, I believe he said that if I wasn't a priest, I would have been a janitor. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know what? 
they're both servants. Yeah. yeah. We have at St. Lambert, we have the best uh, custodian and you can kind of tell that like they're they, like, again, it's that they know their, their purpose there. Yeah. They desire to come to work every day and there's a certain sense of it. And when you have that, it's like transformative, but we have to be open to recognize those and other people. And uh, this young lady in our parish, Teresa, um, I think it was Teresa, Regina, their sisters. And she one day in one of our groups was talking about the garbage man and that serves them. And I was totally floored, totally floored by her ability to look at this man, knew the name, knew mm-hmm. everything. And she was like, there's something about him. Like she was changed by his view on reality, on life and how he was living his work was really mesmerizing to her. And it's a longer story than that, but... It was the first time that I thought, and then you know what? He sits in the back of our church every Sunday. Hmm. Every Sunday he sits in the back of our church, and that man has a smile that radiates to the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And so when I come in, one of my favorite things to do is to just say hello. And I feel like I understand why this high school girl, Teresa Regina, was so aware of who he was. Uh, And that is... Be Fisher? who you're... I don't oh, want to give up the last right, yeah. <laughs> She was just in the office the other day. I just oh, met her. She, yeah, she, I, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry yesterday. She, she said she... Us, do us and, yeah. You know what? We so can, much for anonymity. Uh, sorry about that there. <laughs> As if anyone's anonymous when you end up running into a rut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is too good. Well, I think uh, before we go to a break, it might be important to play Stump the oh, Priest. I thought we were going to get out of it this time. I don't think so. Uh, Gabe had his good questions, and so I've got one real one and then one softball. Do you want the, the hard one or the softball first? Let's just softball. Get the, no, I want oh, the hard okay. one out of all the way. All right, get the hard one out of the way. All right, so we talked faith and science earlier, all right? So the church has an unbelievably rich history of, cons- of working in the science fields, right? Absolutely. So, first... Well, no, we'll just do one because we got another one. What <laughs> grand proposal, what grand scientific theory proposal was first put forth that actually um, blew up Einstein's theory and he was a contemporary of Einstein and he was a mathematician. His name is George Lemaitre. What you know this one. proposal did Father Lemaitre, a Belgian mathematician, in the 20th century, proposed to the scientific world that revolutionized it and changed the way we look at the origins of creation. And it's also a TV show. Oh, nice clue. Yeah. This is for me? Father yeah. John. <laughs> I, I then why the, didn't I... Oh, do, how, I if you got, <laughs> I know the answer. Um, do you want me to just say it? No, big, no, no, no. The Big Bang. Yay! The ding, 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 ding. And... and there is actually what I usually will. The only reason I talk about this all the time. There's a picture of Einstein and Father George at the White House. Oh, together, and often you just see the picture with just Einstein, and they'll just cut the priest out because he's not necessary. But I often will show it, and I'll, then I ask the kids why would why would they both be there? And it's like, well, they're both getting science awards. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the Big Bang Theory created, offered by a Catholic priest. And there's, I watched a, a, a secular show on creation, and they actually omitted 
calling him Father Lamatre. Mm, they sure. just called him George Lamatre, <laughs> and so they didn't want to, you know. But here, but what you can't get rid of, and this is a bigger question too, is is all of his photos he's in his clerics. Yeah. So yeah. you can't erase the clerics. Now you can't erase him if you want. You yeah, can you cut, cut him out. out and just have Einstein. But Einstein believed that what the probability was was that creation was eternal and elastic. And so it expands in that it will contract on itself. And Lamatre said, I don't think so. The math tells me that we're actually accelerating. The big there was a cosmic atom that exploded that is accelerating still. And it was when Edwin Hubble and the telescope came along that we were able to peer into space and say, yeah, inertia is still go it's still being created. So we're not only a part of the Big Bang, we're still banging, if yeah. you will. Mm -hmm. And Lamatre is a Catholic priest, and it was his faith yeah. that understood, that said God created all of this so that we can seek to understand it. Yeah. And mm -hmm. as a priest, he jumped into the scientific field as a mathematician. Math does, I think, make the world go around. It is, uh, and, it is important to account for this, too, because it's easy to follow something that sort of allows you, that's not hard work. So when somebody puts in, oh, the Catholic Church this, or oh, religion this, it's kind of easy to follow that. But to really gr grapple with reality, you got to do the hard work and take the opposing position as well. This yeah. is good debate stuff, yeah. you know. You got to have a, a, an awareness of the other side. Yep. And unfortunately, that takes more inertia. I even think online. Like when you watch a YouTube video, they're never putting on the side the videos that help justify a religious position or, yeah. or the Facebook feeds. If I read an article on Facebook or whatever about a certain topic, I'm shocked sometimes that the other articles that come up will like contradict it in regards to faith. So this is what's so you have to be able to really see what's happening. Yeah. And I remember watching three videos that had faith dynamics to it, but the video wouldn't show it. And one, I saw a cross in the background of this person's home. And I went and researched and researched. And I was like, I know this person has to be Christian. Yep. And I think they're Catholic because only somebody can sure. say things like this. Do you know what I came to find out? I had no idea. It could be anywhere in the world. It was American. You knew that. They belonged. They were from Stillwater, Minnesota. <laughs> no way. They belonged to the parish of Saint Michael that Gabe and Christy had just newly moved to, and also belonged to now. Oh my gosh. And it was Zach Sobiak, and he died. No way. Yeah. And when I called to say this, Christy was making um, a, a cake or something <laughs> to bring to the funeral luncheon for Zach Sobiak. Wow. And in the diagram, in the video, you don't get like this man was filled with faith and the Catholic sure. Church was. But I knew that at the something root of it was, was the mystery of God. And that's the way I feel American culture is today. That we want to have our cake and eat it too. We want to have all that faith actually brings to human, human experience but we don't want to acknowledge or have a relationship with that faith. So you want to give the story of Zach, but you don't want to have to acknowledge yeah, or say a, a faith is the reason that, right. yeah, humanism. Yeah. It's, it's humanism it, we're just, score. We're just good people. Yeah. You know, he's just a good kid. Can you explain just a nugget humanism? Or so do you have? 
Uh, no. Yeah, okay. that's good. So, that's so no, I just want to so, so humanism is the product, the enlightenment yep. is we want to say that all of the fruits of what Christianity brought to the world are possible without Christ. Yes. And so we want to be character people. We want to be good. We want to be uh, uh, virtuous. We want to be just. But we want to say there's a way to get this without yeah. Christ. Yep. And what w- the Christian says is the reason it's even in the world is because of Christ. Yep. The, the Greeks got the closest to propose it, yep. but it came because of Christ and that when we divorce ourselves. So America is actually the fruit of this. America is this idea that we can have these um, end results, but without Christ. Right. And we're seeing what's happening. Boy, we could go, yeah, we could go into that. I guess we didn't get the softball question. Oh. Oh. All right, softball (laughs) question. And then we'll go to break and we'll come back to to finish out the last half hour. Softball question. Speaking of work... There's a patron saint for everything. Who is the patron saint of workers and laborers? Please. You. Oh! Oh! Saint oh, Joseph. Saint Joseph. Oh, yeah, that's, you just wanted me to hear. You know what's funny? Saint Joseph. Is, I, I, I always think we can never underestimate what our kids are actually thinking. I vividly, as a child, remember thinking I was sad because my patron saint wasn't Saint Joseph. The foster father of Jesus, my patron saint was Saint Joseph, the worker, and I I, I I couldn't put together the fact that they were the same person with different that we were calling them by different titles. I feel, and then I remember the day where I'm like, oh, yes, I'm, I, it is Saint Joseph, the foster father of Jesus, and workers. Uh, so God love it. May first, we just celebrated uh, the feast of Saint Joseph, the and patron saint of the Universal Church of the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls in our cathedral and of your of host myself <laughs> <laughs> so God love oh. us it's been a great half hour here this segment we've got a little bit more coming at you live don't go anywhere and join us in just a couple of minutes as you come back to Rutten Radio on Lamb Catholic Radio hey honey see that cloud up there doesn't it look like a new motorcycle it's a sign. Open road, baby. No, it looks like that new sunroom you promised me. Oh, great. Look, a cloud. Shaped like a hammer. Now that's a sign. Believe in possibility and fund it. Get the cash you need from First Premier Bank. Stop by or apply online at firstpremier.com fund. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. If you want to learn how to take faith principles and turn them into business practices, tune in to Lamb Catholic Radio every Monday from 7.30 to 8 a.m. for the Catholic Men's Business Fraternity Podcast. During this show, Brian Cooper and Joe Rutten will interview business leaders and world-renowned experts in the field of faith and business and discuss how you can take Sunday into Monday right here on Lamb Catholic Radio. My name is Dr. Matt Hayes. I'm an orthopedic radiologist at Stanford Health. I completed my undergraduate degree at Mount Marty College. It doesn't matter what walk of life you come from, I was welcomed with open arms. I would give high school students the following advice. I wouldn't overlook a smaller school. A small school allows you to excel individually. One of the things that led me to excel was having professors that know every student's name. They personally know you. The professors truly judge their success by the success of their students. The ability of the professors to instill in them a desire to lifelong learn, community, and above all, faith. Mount Marty does this better than any school in South Dakota. 
There's a lot of professors that can teach, but there's only there's so few that can motivate you to go above and beyond what you even thought possible. Mount Marty College will instill in you an unshakable sense of faith that will allow you to lead and serve in your future and in your career.
And now back to the Rutten Brothers. Here's Joe Rutten. Oh, hold on, hold on. Here we are. We're back just in time. All right, brothers, put your phones down. Get get your headsets on. Only because yours doesn't work. Man. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, technology. Sorry. I should be kind to my brothers. So if you're out there listening, you're listening to Rutten Radio, you can interact with us. Uh, well, you can interact with them. My phone's disabled, so no, I can't interact with you. <laughs> but check out Lamb Radio. You can watch the podcast. Um, they're all, all of them are archived and stored. Yeah, they got a cube storage that uh, you can access on Lamb Radio underneath the Rutten Brothers show. And you can go back and listen to them all. There's a few people out there. I just was checking in and saw that there's thousands of people watching this thing. I'm like, really? It still boggles my mind. But really? It is. Haven't you looked? How do you know? There's like, one of them has like two or 3,000 views on it. No. Yes. But I, I mean, I'm not making That's because mom's up. got it on replay. Yeah, mom just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was trying to find a, that a, makes a sense. Reason. Now I understand yeah. how that um, But you can follow us on Twitter or Facebook or all those things with Lamb Radio. You can listen to it live. <laughs> so anyway, if anybody knows out there how to undisable your phone that no longer recognizes your fingerprint and you can't remember your password. <laughs> and you had a baby that was up all night. Up and all you night. And I lost was my keys. sick and you lost your keys. Yeah. <laughs> and now my phone's disabled. So. What do you think the Lord's saying? <sighs> that, that, Father John always does this to me. Like, where's the Lord in this? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just want to throw my phone through a window. What do you mean, where's the Lord in this? Uh, no, anyway. Um, I'm just Surrender. Yeah, yeah, surrender, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, but I, I always tell people, like, it's always fun to say, you know, surrender and trust and all this stuff. But you still have to do it. Like, somebody has to, I mean, it's not like you just get to go just sit somewhere and just, oh, I surrender to the Lord. I'm going to surrender all day. Well, you still gotta go to work. You say anyway. Long story. We got a few minutes left here. I, I don't have a well a, a time anymore. So what do we got? Fifteen minutes here. Yeah. We've had some great, great conversations. Um, as I look back on it, you know, there's there's a lot that people are thirsty out there to hear about and are interested in, and I think that's part of what the show's kind of meeting is that need of people out there saying, you know what. In a, in a healthy manner, in a joyous manner, in a fun manner, let's have some real substance to some conversation and thought out there once in a while. And I don't know how thoughtful or into it, but I, I guess there's a little humor in this here for us, brothers. So uh, got any thoughts that are uh, jumped in your mind or that you'd be interested? It's the three-headed monster time. So what's in the head of the monster that maybe you're interested in? Uh, throwing around a little bit. Oh, we better you. show if you're out there no, you watching. He but he doesn't want that out yet. But oh, are we ready to? Is that going to be? Well, see, we haven't. Yeah. We haven't shown anyone else, right. have we? Or have Paul, we? please explain no, okay. what's going on so, here. Uh, see, here's the here's the problem. Uh, we all have great ideas, but then it's like, well, who's going to actually bring it to fruition? Mm-hmm. So last time we talked about the idea of a T-shirt, a logo, and we got some great ideas. None of us were really in charge, I think. I don't know. know. No, we just thought it was a great idea. So I had a couple people. You guys had a couple people. Mm -hmm. But so are we. We're still working on it, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, So we still are looking for ideas of a a logo or something that we can put on a (laughs) T-shirt. And then the the caption or the the name, Rotten Radio or whatever it's going to be. 
So any creative bugs out there? If yeah. you're the person that so plays... So what we need to do is give ourselves a deadline, right. right? Okay. So by the next time we come on the radio... I, I would propose... Or... The school thing seems to be a simple but really important part, the prayer before school. Oh, yeah. That we give ourselves to the end of summer. So that the beginning of next school year, oh, we okay. release... Uh, the the logo of Rutten Radio. Okay. It gives us some time because if we say next month, I mean it's really only like three more shows. Then if we say next month or something, well, yeah. Okay. All right, all right. If so we, we said wanna... the beginning of next school year, um, oh, we will be, yes. release the and new the show. Kids will all be excited to go back to school. Yeah, because they can listen. Season two of Rutten, or yeah, season yeah. two Rutten Radio, and we'll because we know fewer. Kids are going to be listening <laughs> than do now because who's going to get up at seven o'clock in the morning if you right. didn't have to? Although there's some proof to say that they are. Are there kids up? Anybody out there listening right now? Kids, you're not supposed to be. You're supposed to be in school. Parents, if your kids are listening, text us or hit us up. Just let us know if the kids are out there listening. It'd be, be. I bet there's a decent little yeah, group know. that's that's listening, and yeah. uh, we want their input too. So maybe uh, parents at home, you can do a little. Design program, Intro 101 to T-shirt design and come up with a logo for us, a little marketing campaign. Uh, Rutten Radio, you uh, give us captions, mottos, three-headed monster, whatever you want. Mount Rushmore, I don't know. Uh, Rutten Brothers Baldness. I don't know. Whatever it is. Somebody told me I should shave my head. Oh, really? You got, uh, so that we look alike? No, or, or just I can embrace it. Said it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, oh. I know that stage. I went through it, too. And I think you're <laughs> yeah, doing okay. didn't take very long. No. But see, that, see, that's because I embraced it. I just... Yeah. And then I've just shaved it for long. Oh. Nobody's realized okay. follicle by follicle, it's all disappeared. <laughs> and, I, and I just, every once in a while, cut it short. And every once in a while, don't. Whatever. But for the most part... It's the f- three phases of rotten hair loss. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or the yes. three phases of uh, living... With hair loss, oh, you choose to live with it at your length. I choose. I bet you use an eight. I use a six, and you use a zero, a one. Uh, no, a zero. I use. I don't even put anything on. I just do. It has the like, uh-huh. the little thing. Boy. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, three-headed monster. What's uh, rattling around in the brain? Do you want? We could jump into some other things. I do have kind of a topic, if you will, uh, just on different things going on in social media and Netflix and some stuff like that. So that's what I was thinking about. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I mean, I think we could, I don't know if you have another idea. Should we jump idea, into the... Um, to at least cover it a little bit. We don't have a whole lot of time, yeah. unfortunately. Um, but if you follow Facebook and Twitter and whatnot, um, there has been uh, a series out called 13 Reasons. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that's what it's called, 13 Reasons. Uh about a girl who commits suicide and then leaves these tapes. Uh, and while I have not watched the show at all, I've, I've read enough of the concerns about it that the fear... So, again, it's, it's important, parents, that you do your best to watch things with your kids so that you can have the conversation mm-hmm. with them about topics. And I know it's hard. I mean, every kid's got a device that lets them watch whatever they want. Um, to really have a conversation, you know, suicide is is an awful, awful thing to have part of your life. And the the kind of two main concerns in, in the TV series is, one, they don't really cover mental illness at all. Mm. Uh, so they, they miss that reality that for some people there's a, a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
and that we have to look at that and we have to see can we get them help in, yeah. in those ways the other one is just this idea that I will never have to take responsibility for what my actions are mm-hmm. you know so it's everyone else's and this is not even in suicide I mean think about how many kids it's never their fault you know it's always well they made me do it or you, you caused me this and um, you, you know and, and my classmate and friend Father Gary Derushi and I used to play racquetball all the time uh, when we were newly ordained and he was is still really good at it uh, and so he would torment me <laughs> like he's like well where would you like me to put the ball this time and like what do you want the score to be and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> and then I would just get so frustrated and I would say you make me so angry <laughs> and he says no one can make you feel anything you choose to feel what you feel and I'm like which just makes me feel Worse. even more angry right yeah uh, but again he's right in the sense that at some point I have to realize that I make a choice and how I respond to things in my life and in and, and those things um, and and so to you know and I don't know how many kids are actually watching the series but that idea of suicide I think we've all been a impacted uh, we've had parishioners uh, take their own life and uh, the the those left behind and, and, and that idea. And what I, what I worry about is, is we live in a culture today, uh, which doesn't really address the real issues and, and, and deal with them in a healthy way to help people be comfortable talking about it. Mm. Uh, you know, working with people who are struggling, you know, what, what do we do in those things? And when our kids are watching shows and programs that sort of glamorize it or, or give it as, as the easy way uh, we do have to be aware of what are we doing you know proposing to them that the Christian way is that there is a way out you know Christ really will come into the darkness uh, and bring a light that, that gives us hope uh, in that, that reality as well so I don't know if anyone else has heard about the show or yeah O'Gorman High School sent out um, so let's step back um, the, it's been a really really rough couple of weeks at at Cathedral, um, we had a one-year-old pass away. Um, a week later, we had a 14-year-old girl take her life um, due to mental illness, yeah. like you said, uh, untreated. Un- at you know, it just so. And then we had Holy Week, and then we had the funeral. Oh, wow. So you had this huge, long three-week period where, in the middle of it, you're supposed to be Easter celebration, but you get Good Friday. Like, it's the <laughs> most integrated, deep Good Friday I've ever had in my life. Like, it just yeah. didn't get any. Um, but in the middle of it all, all right, we got to see unbelievably beautiful things happen in the midst of the tragedies. Um, but particularly with Molly and the Farmer family, their gratitude and faith experience in the middle of it all has been only... Um, it could only be God's presence in the middle of it all. And to see their gratitude toward the O'Gorman community and the cathedral community, the faith community, for their presence in the middle of all this and the support. But here you have an entire high school that has to experience this, that has to mourn, that has to reflect, that has to pray, that has to receive counseling. And in the middle of all of this, the Netflix series is present. Oh my gosh, yeah. And so the administration made a decision to just send a note, uh, an email out to 
all of the families of the O'Gorman community just saying, hey, this stuff is present. This is out there. Kids are watching this. And you need to know that and you need to be present with them in that. Um, it, it definitely was not an endorsement of it, but it was more of just saying heads up and you need to be in on this. Um, and I've had a parent as well bring this up who's 11-year-old. I mean, the thing is, is that this is a real issue daily for many, many people. And say, all right, now, what do I do with this? And people out there are looking for help and assistance. Adults, how do I help my kid yeah. through this? It's a very, very difficult experience. And I think that we trivialize it all by just having a Netflix series that's supposed to be educational. It was supposed, they, the, they claim that the intention was to assist and help and be educational and informative. But the reality of what's actually happening with it is different. Mm -hmm. And the adults in our community are concerned, should yeah. be concerned about the series itself. But if nothing else, in the middle of it, like everything in life, what good can come from this? Parents, engage your children mm -hmm. in this your families in this adults this is not just a thing that children or kid, adolescents struggle yeah. with but it is a club that no person family individual ever wants to be a part of yeah. and unfortunately um, it is a part of reality and so how do we deal with it what does the church have to say about it like you said paul we don't have a lot of time right. but i think it is a conversation mm -hmm. for us to bring to a further topic where we can sure. really say hey people if you're interested let's tune in yeah. and let's have a conversation yeah you know and one of the things that we did uh in watertown because we, it was kind of this just perfect storm of of unfortunate uh happenings we actually brought dr marcy moran and the catholic family services came up and did a whole one day or half day retreat on uh survivors uh, family members of suicide and uh it was really you know just a great opportunity for them to come together and, and just to see that they're not alone and to hear their stories and and find hope you know find hope in the midst of it all and and and, and i think that's important for us you know as christians that we can give people hope that that Jesus Christ really does change people and things. And, uh, and in the midst of it all, that that's what we desire uh, for people is to be able to find that uh, in Christ in a real way, uh, concretely. So the, uh, I'll just wrap up with this. Um, it's it, the farmer family has been public and they've been encouraging. They, they want to help anybody possible not have to be, in the situation yeah. they're in and so they've been very public in saying this was a mental illness issue we need to talk about this um, how can we help others we need to talk about this uh, but in the funeral homily and in the experiences what I was amazed at is the grace that was present yep. in such a valley in such a darkness that there could be a light that only Christ could shed into this family and it doesn't take it away it doesn't remove but it does, in the middle of it all, um, say, God is present to me. He loves me. And th together, we walk through this. Yeah, and that is present to all of us, to you, because a family chose to live that way. Mm -hmm. And in front yeah. of despair, in front of difficulty, in front of the tragedies of the world, there really are only two options. Yeah. I travel this alone and I walk further away from God. Yeah. Or I believe God isn't necessarily here. Christianity isn't here to solve my problems. Christianity here is here to propose something else in the midst of my problems, that I'm not alone. Yeah. That Christ has a purpose for my life. And when I travel with him, it doesn't remove the pain, but somehow there's 
uh, a light in the midst of it that I don't have if I walk away from God. And I learned that from a, a woman who had a stillbirth. Oh. And she, and I was like, I was humbled in front of her. Like, how do you deal with this pain? And she said, a friend of mine told me, I can either go this path without him or I can go this path with him. Yeah. And she chose to go with him because that produced something that she could then at least stand on. Yeah. And when you live that way, then other people can stand on that too, uh, that yeah. God can be present here. Um, and so mothers, mothers give us, mothers are a great gift. Mothers suffer a great deal. Uh, but mothers bring life into this world in a beautiful way. And we have Mother's Day coming up. Um, and we're grateful for our blessed mother. Yes, absolutely. Mary. Amen. Uh, Mary. We, we crowned Mary uh, this uh, on Sunday uh, for... Uh, you know, our mother always made sure we had a, a new crown. Oh, there. yeah. <laughs> from so, uh, Gustav's the, Greenery. Yeah, from Gustav's Greenery. And so the flower shop in Watertown makes me a, a rose crown. Mm-hmm. So every Mother's Day, we or uh, May, we put a new crown on Mary. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Mother, uh, for that. Um, and a gift. You know, really a great gift. What woman has ever experienced such tragedy and yet found hope? You know, mm-hmm. and, and Mary just brings us that consolation in so many ways. Well, God bless our mothers. We pray for them. Let us close with our family prayer. Our Father, we thank you for your love and for your many blessings, especially for the precious gift of each other. Help us to show our gratitude by loving each other as you love us. Make us understanding and patient with one another, quick to admit our failings and ask forgiveness, generous in sharing the joy and strength we can give each other. Father, give our family lively faith and the courage to share it with those around us. Direct us to the state in life you plan for each of us and help us to use your gifts to serve you. We entrust our family to your fatherly care. Preserve us from the corruption of the modern world and help us draw closer daily to you and to each other until we come to share with you the joys of heaven. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help us to be a holy family. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here on Rutten Radio. You're listening to Lamb Catholic Radio. You've been listening to the Rutten Brothers, brought to you in part by Mount Marty College, preparing tomorrow's leaders in the Catholic Benedictine tradition. On the Lamb Catholic Radio Network, 91.3 KSTJ, Hartford, Madison, Mitchell, Yankton, 104.3 LP, Juan Diego Radio for Sioux Falls and 88.9 KSJP, Ipswich Aberdeen, and online at lamradio.com. You're listening to Lamb Catholic Radio on KSJP 88.9 in Ipswich Aberdeen, KSTJ 91.3 in Hartford,